I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts, Welcome into episode four of Blue Jays Nation Radio, Bo Bichette, walk off the Yankees edition. And uh, I'm sitting here right now, Coomzy, as we're doing this pod, like we're going to do moving forward, we're recapping series, and I'm watching Bo Bichette sit in a Zoom call. His hair is wet from the Gatorade shower. He is smiling. I am smiling. It is a good, good Wednesday around the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, this is exactly what we needed after that series in Texas against the Rangers. That was bad. That series against the angels. That was ugly. And then this is exactly what we needed. The Yanks are not at their best right now. Like the Yanks are going to get better. I think like Mm -hmm. the Yanks are a good team, but they're struggling right now. Slow start, but the Jays need to win as many games against the Yanks as possible. And that is what they're doing. They are now four and two against the Yanks early on. And that is a great start. That gets you feeling very, very, very good. Yeah, I mean, we know coming down the stretch or we're hoping coming down the stretch, it's going to be tight between these two teams. And I think, man, going four and two against the Yankees now is worth just as much in the standings as going four and two against the Yankees in August or whenever you need to run into them. Right. So an absolutely huge set of games here. And of course, like a Bo Bichette walk off just has you feeling so good as well. Like beating the Yankees is fun, beating them that way when you're kind of on pins and needles for the entire game. And it honestly quite a bit of a roller coaster in game three as well. When you have, you know, bases loaded, none out. You're like, all right, let's fucking put this game away. And they don't. And then you got like the BGO mistake where he's rounding third. You're like, what the hell is he doing? And they get themselves out of some trouble and you end it with the, with the walk-off win. We're going to be recapping this series from a Yankees perspective a little bit with Neil Keefe from Keefe to the city.com. He covers the Yanks. He'll join us in just a little bit, but before we get to that, Let's do a little three up, three down, Cam. It's brought to you by twigginberries.ca. Promo code NATION15 gets you 15% off your orders. Free shipping in Canada on orders over $100 as well. For the everyday caveman, no judgment, no shaming, no fancy words, just real men, twigginberries.ca. Let's start with the ups. I want to ride this high, Coombsy. What do you got? Honestly, all I want to talk about is ups because I feel like there was like 17 different ups from this series I could talk about. And I mean... This is like, we've narrowed it down to three things, but honestly, there's so many. So like before I even get into the three, like honorable mentions, like Robbie Ray came back, he killed it. Um, Anthony Castro came up, like 
he got a text from Charlie Montoya at 5 a.m. this morning, and it was like, "Hey, man, you're in the game. Like, or you're 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 on the active roster. You're you're in." And he's like, "Okay, fuck." And then he you know pitched two great innings. Um, the bullpen that. as a whole was actually solid yeah, for them. Bullpen unreal. Josh Palacios again today, getting on base like nonstop. Like yeah. so many things to like. But so the first tangible actual up that I have, and this felt really good was two different slump busters. So the first one was Rowdy Telez finally got his first hit of the season. And then he had his first bomb of the season in the second game. And then today Rowdy uh, went two for four. So now all of a sudden his batting average is up to 121. I mean, 121 batting average is not good, but like before that it was zero. So like in this series, Rowdy comes up with four hits, hits a dinger. He's feeling good. Same thing also after that, um, Alejandro Kirk hits a two-run bomb. That's his first hit of the season, and that's what you like to see. Like, two guys that were struggling, just just getting off the schneid, and now they're feeling good, and that's, you know, that's positive. We talked about this with BK in the, in the last episode of the podcast, but, like, you know, a guy struggling for a week in July, you kind of just go, ah, dog days of the season, like, everyone can slump. When guys slump right off the bat, it's okay. Is this going to be a trend? And you're concerned and the averages, the projections for the year don't look good and you don't have any sort of like immediate success to look back on. So I think that's a huge up, especially from Rowdy Telez. I think you even see him before the game today. You know, he's touching Ben Wagner's head through the mesh screen. He's like, he's having fun. And it's like, you know, even when he hit that home run, he comes back to the dugout. They're giving him the silent treatment. And, but he's got the big smile on. He's dancing around. He's jumping and like, I just think early in the year, getting off the schneid the way he did, I just couldn't even imagine the sort of like even emotional feeling that is to be like, oh, thank fuck. Like this year isn't, it must not feel like it's just going to be a massive shit show now for Rowdy Telez. I agree. The biggest up, in my opinion, was Rowdy specifically, but Kirk as well, getting on the board, hitting what ends up being a massive home run for this team as well in a, in a tight ball game. That's a big one. Uh, the second up we got here is going to be Hunjin Ryu. Talked about it on the last pod. Those need to be basically automatic wins when Hunjin Ryu pitches. You need to find the way to get him the run support necessary. And they did that. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, so they, they lost the first game. You know, Garrett Cole came in. You kind of expect a loss. Like I said, Robbie Ray was a plus. Like, he came back after missing a few weeks, getting injured. And it was his first start after, you know, some time off. So he didn't have kind of his normal build up. He was thrown in. He pitched quite well, but you know, you're, you're not going to win that many games when Garrett Cole starts. He's very, very, very good. So they needed, needed that win in game two. When Hyunjin Ryu came in and tossed an absolute gem, six and two thirds, only four hits allowed, one walk, seven strikeouts, one run not earned. So now all told on the season, Ryu's tossed 19 innings with four earned runs. Like, it, it blows my mind still sometimes that this guy is a Toronto Blue Jay having, having actually watched him when he came up with the Dodgers and how good he actually was like, damn, it blows my mind. They found this guy in free agency. Yeah. Like I, I still remember the second they signed him and it popped up on my phone, the little notification. I was just like, holy shit. Like this is a game changer. And because he doesn't have the, you know, sexy 98 mile an hour fastball and he isn't that kind of pitcher. I think sometimes he still gets underrated by like casual fans and casual media, like people who don't follow or cover this team on a day-to-day basis. But what he's doing this year is incredible. Like even this at the beginning, like the zips projections, right? Like I didn't love Hunjin Ryu, but I mean, it's no. a guy who like tradi- from a traditional baseball perspective is just a dominant pitcher. He is like, that, that's what I mean. Like you, you forget, like he was, you know, number three in Cy Young. Yeah. He finished ahead of Garrett Cole and you know, like, 
he's one of the three or four best starters in the American league. And it's easy to forget that that's the case, but this guy comes out every fifth day and every each time he like, he, he deals it. And that's awesome. Like it's, it's huge. It's, it's a game changer for the Jays because there are not many sure things in this rotation as well as Steven Matz and as well as Steven Matz's pitch and as good as Robbie Ray looked in his first start. Ryu is the, he's the constant and he needs to be that. And that's what the Blue Jays have got thus far this year through three starts. We're riding high off a win and a, and a series win over the Yankees. We're feeling good, but like, I still just sit there and dream of, you know, like when I looked at my phone and saw Hunjin Ryu was, was signed. I dream of looking at my phone and seeing the Jays are making a major splash on the trade market this year for a pitcher a la David price back in 2015. Like, I just think that piece, man, and what it could do for this team it will have me beyond excited when it happens. Uh, the third up we have, and it's an up, but boy, he was getting down, and that's Vlad Guerrero. <laughs> Fuck, that was so bad. I that came was up with so that. Bad. I came up with that as I was as I was saying it. It's worth a try, though. Like, why not? Hey, like, yeah, fuck it. Um, never know unless you try. Vlad's stretch and his glove, the way he's playing at first base. Uh, that's that's an up. That's clearly an up. <laughs> It is like yeah. um, in the off season, we we're all like, there's no way Vlad can ever touch the field again. Like throw him at DH for <laughs> fuck's sakes. Like third, that's a joke. First base, like he's diving the wrong direction. Like can't catch anything. This is bad. No, all of a sudden Vlad's a good first baseman. Like he's scooping balls. He's doing the splits. He's making nice plays. Like there was the the double play where um, it was, uh, it was Aaron Hicks's, was it Aaron Hicks that had the, the fuck up with the running? I think it was. And Danny Jansen chucked the ball to Vlad. It wasn't a great throw, kind of snap. Vlad grabbed it, sniped it to second base, and just ripped the runner out. And it was like, oh, wow, that's like that's some good defense. Yeah. Like that's that's not what you expect from Vlad. Like you do like, this is the guy who we all thought was exclusively a designated hitter, and now all of a sudden he's making these, you know, nice plays. Like that's huge. I think it goes right back to him just like obviously putting in the work this offseason. Like the weight is one thing, but like for him to come in and already he's making better decisions too. It's not like, you know, the splits is the thing that gets you put on the highlight reel and digging the balls out of the dirt is great. But like, has he really been diving during the shift and like doing those sort of mental lapses that cost them last year? Cause I haven't noticed it if he has like, and especially in the series against the Yankees, I think he's been a really, really solid first baseman. Yeah. He looks, he looks comfortable and he looks like, yeah. I don't know if this is just me being a homer and I don't know if it's just me looking at Twitter too much, but Vlad looks like the kind of first baseman who could win a gold glove at that position. So right. Fucking, that's a fucking yeah. hot take. That yeah. is in, that is it. Wait, here we go. We all know the gold gloves kind of a joke, right? Like how many gold gloves did fucking Derek Jeter win? Come on. Yeah. I mean, Vlad can, Vlad, Vlad can win a gold glove at first base. Sure. Why not? Like, let's be real here. It's the most, it's the most well-known player at a position that wins you a gold glove. There, that's again, one of those debates that we could get sidetracked on for like 15 minutes if we really wanted to. Whatever, we're um, charged up, we're excited. Yeah. It is what it is. Like, I'm it's just a good say day. Dumb shit. <laughs> has been having a couple afternoon pops. The sun is shining for me in Edmonton right now as I look out my window. Like, Jay's walk up, everything's feeling good. Um, but with that said, the second part of three up, three down is the downs. Um, the first one we got written down here, you, you want to handle this? Yeah, this is a weird one. I'm just, I'm pulling up his stats right now. It's uh, Kyle Hashigioka, the backup catcher for the New York Yankees. So in that first game, Ray pitched well and Cole pitched well, but the only thing the Yankees did that entire game was this backup catcher mashing dingers. And it makes no sense because he has 12 career home runs and five of them are against the Jays. I think (laughs) 
his his OPS against the Jays is like 900. His OPS otherwise is like 650. Like, why does this happen? Why do these random guys keep killing the Jays? It doesn't make any sense. It's frustrating. This guy should be an automatic out. And he's, you know, like what, what's going on? It should on be, yeah. And and again, it, it's again, one of those conversations that I'd love to like take more time to dig into because like I legitimately wonder for a professional athlete, when you have a team's number, like it should make no sense because like the team doesn't matter. The players matter. And he's doing it against different Jays pitchers. And like you said, five is 12 career home runs. But I wonder if there is some sort of like mental edge for an athlete like him where like once the snowball starts rolling down the hill, he's now been good against the Jays for however long he's been good against the Jays. When he shows up to these games, is he just like, I fucking got it. Like is he's just chest puffed out kind of thing. Like I'd love to know if there actually is some sort of like mental advantage for an athlete, like going into a game where they feel like they quote unquote, I'm using air quotes when I say this, I know it's a podcast, have a team's number. Like that whole conversation is interesting. Doesn't make uh, any sense. I don't like to say oh, yeah, that. It doesn't. But... Uh, this is our second down. It's the still slumping Kevin Biggio. I tweeted it earlier uh, today during game three against the Yankees. Even when things go well and Biggio gets a break right now, it looks like he's finding a way to turn it into garbage. And that's what happened. He hits one. It gets past judge. It rolls to the fence. He's rounding. And he like, I don't even understand what happened on that play where he gets caught in the rundown. I don't know why you put yourself in that position. It was all very puzzling. Um, but Biggio is definitely a down right now for this roster. He is. Yeah. And I mean, it, it extends kind of beyond him and to everybody kind of in the bottom of the lineup there, but Biggio is one player you kind of, you have quite high expectations for, and you know, the team's very high on him and they view him in as one of the key young guys moving forward. That's why, you know, you see him in marketing campaigns mm-hmm. along with Bo and Vlad. It's the three of them, right? Like he's one of the big guys. And, you know, we heard all off season, this guy, you know, can't hit certain pitches. He, you know, he can't catch up to the heater and, you know, so far that's been the case. And then, you know, kind of even beyond that, like easy with third base, like it's been a bit ugly. Like one of his uh, positives is that he's supposed to be kind of that Marwin Gonzalez that plays all the positions, but at third, like made an error today, like throwing, throwing balls to first base that are in the dirt, like just doesn't really look right. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 you know, it's only been a couple weeks, but it's, it's not a good look thus far. I, I go up and down on him at third base too. Cause like, you'll see him, you know, make an air or there's, you know, a play that bounces off his glove that you're like, fuck, he should have made that play. And he does that. And I, and I get down on him and then he, you know, he'll make a nice play, make a sharp throw. And I'll kind of go, okay, he's new to the position. Maybe I'm being too hard on him. But like the fact that it feels like there are just as many, like sigh should have done that moments as there are like, Hey, there's a good play. Like, that's not enough for a team that's trying to win ball games like actively right now, rack up wins, right? Yeah, no, that's true. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, rail too hard on the guy, like playing a different position, like guys get off to slow starts. There's tons of guys around the league who are off to a slow start, but I think it just kind of captures into the entire narrative from the off season. You know, like a lot of the sabermetric types were saying, I don't know if this guy's that good. And I guess, because of that, that's kind of where my brain is. So it is a little bit worrying, but, you know, let's hope he bounces out of it and let's hope he, you know, goes back to being the guy he was in the first years of his career, which was a, you know, very effective player for the Blue Jays. And that's, that's what you want, right? Is our third down going to be the, uh, the continuing injury problem? Yeah, I guess like there's, it's hard to come up with a third down after you take two or three from the Yanks, but yeah. I guess that's the third down, right? Like the Jays, Already had a bunch of injuries. George Springer, as we know, has injury on top of injury. 
hasn't played a game yet for the team. That sucks. Nate Pearson, also same thing. He's building himself up to start pitching this year. He's not going to be around till early to mid-May, probably, I'm guessing. And then this series, you know, Teoscar Hernandez gets COVID. That's an awful situation, unfortunate for him. Um, Julian Merriweather comes into a game. He gets hurt. He's on the DL now. David Phelps gets drilled with a ball. He's day-to-day. Not on the injured list, fortunately, but don't know when he's pitching again. And uh, Tyler Chatwood right before the series, another thing right there, another good reliever is, you know, on the shelf. So it's like, geez, this team is very shorthanded right now. Yeah, we're going to dig into the injuries again in just a second here coming up as we set up the series against the Royals. Uh, but before we do that, let's get into our chat today because this is going to be a fun one. Neil Keith from Keith to the City. Neil, thanks for joining the pod. I want to start with this uh, for the Yankees now. Five and seven on the year. They only have two wins against the Jays. For you, is it fair to say that there's more concerns than positives for this team at this point? Oh, definitely. I think it's all concerns. I don't. What, what's the positive? <laughs> Eric Cole's great. That, that's it. I mean, this team had concerns all off season, and they didn't address them. They've had concerns for four years now, and they haven't addressed them. If you go back to 2017. The team came within a game of the World Series with the young core. Then they cut payroll by $50 million. In 18, they get run out of their own building by the Red Sox in embarrassing fashion, the LDS. They essentially bring back the same team the next year. They lose the ALCS, who begin, then no one can get a hit. They bring back the same team again in 2020. They almost like missed the playoffs in the shortened season. <laughs> They're a disaster in the postseason, everyone from the manager on down. And then they had a six-month layoff from October to this April, and I think Yankees fans just thought, oh, six months off, the team's going to magically get better at baseball, and they haven't. And everyone keeps saying, oh, it's early, oh, it's April, oh, it's two weeks. It's not that much time with this team. You go, This is a four-year uh, recurrence with this team, and this isn't, this isn't a new season. It's just a continuation of the last season. So, yeah, there's concern because everyone thinks – Yes, the Yankees historically do awful in April. They're like always 10 and 10, it seems like. And then really in the second and third months of the season, they take off. But one day that's not going to happen. And everyone's going to be like, oh, I don't know what happened. Well, that might be this year because this team has so many issues, starting with the rotation where after Garrett Cole, it's you have no idea what you're going to get every day. And basically you're going to get an awful performance. That's all they've gotten. Corey Kluber stinks. I mean, they gave the guy $11 million. He hasn't pitched in two years. I thought, okay, maybe Eric Cressy knows something because he's worked with him. Maybe they saw something. Maybe they knew something, but he's no different. You know, he's a guy who hasn't pitched in two years. Jamison Tyone has a guy that hasn't pitched in two years. Jordan Montgomery's inconsistent, like he's been his whole career. Domingo Herman's a scumbag who shouldn't be even be on the team. And then you have Davey Garcia, who is sitting around at the alternate site in Scranton, Pennsylvania, twiddling his thumbs when he could be part of the rotation. So... This team has many, many questions. I know the lineup's been terrible. I do expect them to produce at some point, but the rotation, you could certainly make the case that this is it. It's not going to get any better. This just might be who they are all season. Right. So our, so I guess kind of what we've seen is now, so the Yanks are five and seven, like Tyler said, and the Jays four and two thus far against the Yanks. So, you know, that's obviously a big win for the Jays. Like, we all know that in order for the Blue Jays to be even in the conversation to win this division, and it's, you know, it's an uphill climb for us, obviously. Like, they have to beat the Yankees. So, like, what do you think New York has to do in season? What has to happen for them to turn it around and become the New York Yankees that people expect them to be? 
I would say they need to hit, which they haven't done, and they need Luis Severino to come back and be his first half of 2018 self, or they're in big trouble because they can't rely on Garrett Cole every five days. He's pitched three times. They've already lost one of his starts, the opening day start to the Blue Jays. So unless they're going to win the next 30 starts started by Garrett Cole and then get Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon to officially get introduced to the fifth inning for the first time, they're going to have some big problems. Right, right. So, but you, you are confident, like, obviously, like the, the rotation is a big question mark for this team, but like the bats are going to turn it around, of course. Like the bats in this series were relatively quiet outside of uh, Kyle Hashigioka. He's Blue Jays killer for some reason. He was, <laughs> he was there, but otherwise, like, they're pretty quiet. And, you know, we're into mid April now. And it's like, you do, you do think the bats are going to bounce back, obviously, right? Yeah, I hope they do. I mean, yeah, for Kyle Gashioka, he's sort of our Randall Gritchuk who only hits <laughs> hits when he plays the Yankees. But you'd think they're going to bounce back. I mean, they have the – I saw some stat. They have, like, the lowest OPS for any Yankees lineup through 10 games since, like, 1982. Um, and no one's really done well. DJ LeMahieu and Gary Sanchez had a few good days, but that's about it. You could make the case that everyone in the lineup's been awful. Right, right. And then it's the pitching rotation that spooks you out, eh? Like, you don't see – you know, Garrett Cole's obviously he's killing it. He came out in his, his first start on Monday, dominated the Jays, looked unreal, sat down like 15 guys in a row after a little bit of a rough start. But beyond that, like, I, I don't disagree with you. I watched, you know, we saw kind of Jamison Tyon, Corey Kluber. Um, Kluber had a rough go in his first start against Jays too, but the Jays couldn't kick it open. Today was a little bit better, got him out after four innings. Like, this is not looking like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because there's, a whole bunch of games left and I don't want to, you know, be drawing too many conclusions in mid April, but this does not look like a, this doesn't look like the kind of Yankees rotation that I've seen in my life that, you know, intimidates me, obviously. Like you're, you're worried about this rotation, of course. Yeah. And I think that this has sort of been the rotation for the last few years where every year they're debating who's going to start in the postseason because until Garrett Cole, they didn't have a number one starter or even a number two or number three. It was always up for debate of who's going to start when, and the postseason is a long way from now. Anyone who mentions the postseason as a Yankee fan right now needs to just shut their mouth because let's get uh, <laughs> 10 games over 500 before we get to that point. It's just, it's outrageous. And I texted a friend of mine before the game and I was like, I think I might be, be rooting against this team today. I mean, they have an off day tomorrow. Why is DJ LeMahieu not playing? Why is Giancarlo Staten not playing? Why is, <laughs> what is going on here? It's crazy. Ruben and Odor, it's so bad that the Rangers are paying him $27 million to not play baseball. And he's batting sixth on the Yankees playing every day. Like he's Robinson Cano in 2012. This is, it's outrageous. And it's each day is crazier than the last. And I can't believe that anyone could feel good about this team right now. To be fair, the Blue Jays broadcast stood up for the decision to not play LeMahieu today. They said it's smart with a day off tomorrow to sit him for a second straight day, give him a lot of rest, which I thought was hilarious for a Blue Jays broadcast to say in a game against the Yankees. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll wrap up with this. Uh, looking around the AL East here, you got the Red Sox who are somehow red hot. The Orioles who have somehow scraped together some wins. Jays, Yankees, Rays are making up this middle portion right now. After a couple of weeks now, has your opinion on how things will shake down in the AL East this season changed at all? No, I always thought it would be the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays, and I still think it will be that. I, a lot of people just expected the Yankees to like run away and hide the win total projections were like up to 10 more than the Rays and the Blue Jays, which I never thought would be the case. I thought they would be right there all season. I mean, Boston sucks. Let's be real. This is a nice little run they had, but 
what was Seattle like two years ago, 11 and three or 12 and three to start the season. Then they lost like 25 out of 28 or something. Boston's not going to be there. Baltimore's still a couple ways away. Um, you know, a couple years away, it's going to be the Yankees. It's going to be the blue Jays. It's going to be the Rays. And you know, if it is the Yankees, I'm ready for a first round exit because that's all this team's got in them at this point. I mean, what, what are they going to do? They're, 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 I get that people can say, Oh, it's 12 games, but it's really not with them. We're seeing the same stuff over and over. And, uh, for you guys, you know, I, I, I envy you. You guys have the you guys have the young core. You guys have the you know superstar talent and free agent George Springer. You surrounded him with, and I get he hasn't played yet. And thankfully, he's not a Yankee because he would be getting crushed here if he got hurt while already being hurt and not in the lineup to start the season. But I envy the Jays fans right now. They they've got the bigger window. Where were four years ago? I I was sitting where you are with the young core and feeling good about everything. Here I am four years later and it's still nothing to show for it. Right. So that kind of leads into exactly what I was going to ask you. So now that you've watched the Jays kind of for six games this year, and it's been quite honestly, like a pretty intense six games, like this game today felt like it went on for eight hours. Like if I felt like I, like my hairline receded, like anxiety was extreme. Like all six of these games have been, you know, they've been exciting games to watch. Like, what have you noticed from the Blue Jays in the first six games of the season from like an outside perspective? Like what, what, what does this team look like to you? Yeah. I mean, they're scary. They, they have starting pitching questions just like the Yankees do. Certainly it's Ryu. And then you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, but they, they're essentially the same as the Yankees in that sense. Obviously Cole's better than Ryu, but after that it's, it's a toss up. And then the lineup, you got the lineup and I mean, their lineup's so much better. You got Biggio, you've got Bichette, Gurriel, Grichuk, who's freaking David Ortiz 2.0 against the Yankees, Vlad Jr. I mean, wait till they get George Springer back. People think it was bad these six games against the Blue Jays. Wait till he's hitting leadoff home runs at Yankee Stadium this summer and see how everyone likes it. So, yeah, the Blue Jays are scary, and I, and I knew they would because they were last year, and they sort of took that huge step last year, which is like what the Yankees did in 17, and I think they'll be there. If that worst-case scenario for the Blue Jays, if I'm you guys – is I think they're at least a wild card team, if not the best team in the division. Well, Neil, you got us feeling pretty good about ourselves. Love the passion, man. Um, that, that was that was great. We really appreciate you giving us some time today. We'll have to have you on again down the stretch when hopefully there is a tight race going on for the top of the AL East. Yeah, thanks again. And I mean, the only bad thing is, you know, these last few games, I've been missing the Rangers with Lafreniere and Kako and now Kraft's still playing. I know you guys are hockey guys, so... Uh, <laughs> You know, the, the Yankees, they're crushing me every night. I got to watch them lose. I'm losing money on them, betting on them, and then I'm missing the Rangers on top of it. So it's been a horrible two weeks. Well, I'm excited uh, to I'm excited, I'm excited to have you on come September when the stakes are really, really, really fucking high because <laughs> I think you're going to be heated up and it's going to be good stuff. I'm excited well, for that. <laughs> I know I won't even have to prep. I feel like I just have to say like three or four kind of like Yankee fan trigger words and we might get a good rant out of you. This was awesome. Yeah, it might. That was great. Because, uh, this is, yeah, it's not good. Things aren't good, guys. They're not good. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Neil. Thank you. There you go. That is uh, Neil Keefe from KeefeToTheCity.com. Uh, things I didn't expect to hear today. A Yankees fan jealous of the Toronto Blue Jays? That sure. guy's, that mean, guy's fucking great. Yeah, that was, a, that was an exciting run. Like, that's exactly what you're kind of looking for when you talk to a Yankees fan is that passion and that energy and that excitement. Like, that, that's what it's all about. Like, that's, that's, that, that's what the New York Yankees are. And they, you know, every time you play them, it's just like, it's high stakes. It's intense. Like every series they play, feels like the end of the world. 
Jays have gotten themselves back up to 500 now on the year. They are one of just only two teams in the American League East who are 500 on the season as of us recording this right now. The Yankees down at five and seven are currently in the AL East basement. So it is not exactly going well for the New York Yankees. Uh, The Toronto Blue Jays, though, they're going to look to continue their strong play here and look to win their third game in a row tomorrow night as they take on the Kansas City Royals. Um, these are all eight o'clock Eastern start times for Friday or sorry, Thursday, Friday or eight o'clock Eastern starts. Saturday is two o'clock. Sunday is two o'clock as well. Uh, Jackie Robinson day on Thursday as well. So that's worth pointing out. Uh, but one big story heading into this series against the Kansas city Royals, Mr. Cameron Lewis, is it simply how they're going to manage and play through all these injuries? Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. We, we, we touched on this very briefly in our last kind of downer point. And, you know, like, like we said, we don't want to have too many downers because that was a, that was a fun time, but how the Jays are going to work around specifically these issues with the pitchers. And I will say there is a silver lining here. And it's the fact that, all right, we got these four against Kansas city, mm-hmm. but right after that on Monday, the 19th, there's an off day. And then it's two games in Boston, kind of a weird two game middle of the week series. And then another off day on Thursday. And then the following week on the 26th and 29th, there's two more off days. The Jays can operate with a four-man rotation here, which would allow you to use um, Ryu, Mats, Ray, and probably TJ Zoic. And then it allows you to put Roth Stripling back in the bullpen to kind of give you some length. So that's that that's kind of a silver lining. Like it's unfortunate to lose, you know, Merriweather Chatwood, this and that, but this is the right part of the schedule to deal with some injuries. Yeah, it absolutely is. And the bullpen, obviously, concerned when it's a little banged up as well. Uh, for the Kansas City Royals, they are coming off a series where they lost uh, two of three to the LA Angels on the year, though. The Kansas City Royals, they are five and four. So a tick above 500, a decent start for a team that when we talked to Dan Zimborski at the beginning of the season, they're not exactly a group that has playoff potential. Um, so a chance for the Jays, like it just... Again, we're recording this like fresh off the, the walk-off win over the Yankees, but you take two or three from New York, you almost kind of forget about the rough week against Texas and LA, like you said, Cam. And, and now you get a chance against an, a weaker opponent. And that's just kind of a fact. You get a chance against a weaker opponent to like really build up a nice run here. Right. But also to be careful, this is what we said last time. It is, yeah. Uh, the first time we recorded, or no, the second time we recorded, sorry, it was after a two out of three uh, series win against the Yanks opening weekend. we saw Texas and we saw the angels and the Jays went two and four. So we have the Royals coming up and it's like, geez, I don't want to sit here and be like, the Jays need to win four games. They need to win three. Like, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and jinx it again. Like Kansas city, you know, they've been rebuilding the past few years, but they've kind of stockpiled some talent and they have decent young players in their roster. You know, you'll see probably like, Brady Singer in this series, high draft pick, you know, Nikki Lopez, Kyla's Bell, like, you know, Whit Merrifield's not like a young guy, but you know, there's talent on this roster. Like they're not, they're not rollover Texas Rangers useless. And I mean, even then the Texas Rangers roll over completely useless dog shit roster, still one, two or three against the Jays. Like anything can happen. So like an injured Jays team going into this series, you know, obviously cannot just, take it easy against Kansas city. Like it's not automatic wins. It never is. 
it never is um, cautious optimism then is maybe how we should approach this series coming up here. Uh, this has been episode four of Blue Jays Nation Radio brought to you by twigandberries.ca. Everyday clothing for the everyday man. Nation 15 is the promo code gets you 15% off. Also, we need some more reviews. So hit us up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, hit those five stars. Maybe even write us a nice review if you're so inclined. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Cam, you enjoyed that series against the Royals. We will talk again on Sunday. Absolutely. Well, best wishes. Have a good weekend. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.